Good evening. To open our meeting tonight, Shardy, will you please announce the first hymn? Hymn 359. Trust the eternal when the shadows gather, when joys of daylight seem so like a dream. God, the unchanging, pities like a father. Trust on and wait, the day star yet shall gleam. Hymn number 359. If you would like to follow along with the readings, please go to our website, and on the home page, you will see the link to the live broadcast. Click on that, and you will see the place to click for the Wednesday evening text. 
That's where you'll find the readings for tonight. The theme for tonight is, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And the readings will now be given by Craig from New Jersey. The Bible, Matthew. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were open unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he afterward was and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Luke. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils long time, and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oft time it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters. And he brake the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. 
And there was there an herd of many swine feeding on the mountain. And they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. When they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to thine own house, and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. Miscellaneous Writings by Mary Baker Eddy The New Birth the task of healing the sick is far lighter than that of so teaching the divine principle and rules of Christian science as to lift the affections and motives of men to adopt them and bring them out in their human lives. He who has named the name of Christ, who has virtually accepted the claims of truth and love in divine science, is daily departing from evil. And all the wicked endeavors of suppositional demons can never change the current of that life from steadfastly flowing on to God, its divine source. But taking the livery of heaven wherewith to cover iniquity is the most fearful sin that mortals can commit. I should have more faith in an honest, drugging doctor, one who abides by his statements and works upon as high a basis as he understands, healing me, than I could or would have in a smooth-tongued hypocrite or mental malpractitioner. Between the centrifugal and centrifugal mental forces of material and spiritual gravitations, we go into or we go out of materialism or sin and choose our course and its results. Which then shall be our choice, the sinful, material, and perishable, or the spiritual, joy-giving, and eternal? the spiritual sense of life and its grand pursuits is of itself a bliss, health-giving and joy-inspiring. This sense of life illumines our pathway with the radiance of divine love, heals man spontaneously, morally and physically, exhaling the aroma of Jesus' own words, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Science and Health by Mary Baker Eddy The Thunder of Sinai and the Sermon on the Mount are pursuing and will 
overtake the ages, rebuking in their course all error and proclaiming the kingdom of heaven on earth. Truth is revealed. It only needs to be practiced. It is recorded that once Jesus asked the name of a disease, a disease which moderns would call dementia. At all times and under all circumstances, overcome evil with good. Know thyself, and God will supply the wisdom and occasion for victory over evil. Clad in the panoply of love, human hatred can't reach you. The cement of a higher humanity will unite all interest in the one divinity. Revelation 12. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Through troop and metaphor, the revelator, immortal scribe of spirit and of a true idealism, furnishes the mirror in which mortals may see their own image. In significant figures, he depicts the thoughts which he beholds in mortal mind. Thus he rebukes the conceit of sin and foreshadows its doom. With his spiritual strength, he has opened wide the gates of glory and illumined the night of paganism with the sublime grandeur of divine science, outshining sin, sorcery, lust, and hypocrisy. He takes away the mitre and the scepter. He enthrones pure and defiled religion and lifts on high only those who have washed their robes white in obedience and suffering. Think of this, dear reader, for it will lift the sackcloth from your eyes and you will behold the soft-winged dove descending upon you. We will now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, 
Jeremy, will you please introduce the next hymn? Hymn number 172. I'll read the third verse. Should the world sin and sorrow round thee rave, pierce thou the dark with truth's undaunted ray. Send out its light of joy to help and save that more and more shines to the perfect day. Hymn 172. Good evening, and welcome to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. This is our Wednesday evening testimony meeting for Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. At all our meetings and services, we read from the King James Bible and from the writings of Mary Baker Eddy, the discoverer and founder of Christian Science. Our website, plainfieldcs.com, has a wonderful collection of the finest Christian science literature, 
to read, study, and listen to. And on our website, people are often surprised to find other writings by Mrs. Eddy, and also people by people who lived with her and were taught directly by her. So there's really a wealth of great, great information and literature there to browse through, and there is never a charge. You don't have to sign up or anything at all like that. We also have several other websites in quite a few different languages so that people all around the world can have access to the pure Christian science in their own language. So do feel free to look through all our websites. Our March Bible study will be held the Saturday after next. That's Saturday, March 12th at 10 a.m. Be sure to tune in. Um, there's a lot of... I wrote something here. And I'm sorry, I can't read it. <laughs> Anyway, there's a lot of really good information that we get from, our, from the Bible studies, and you'll learn all kinds of things that you never knew before. I know I have. Um, the questions are already posted on the church website under the This Week's Lesson tab. So be sure to join us the Saturday after next, March 12th at 10 a.m. Our publishing and mailing departments have been busy again. Our church newsletter um, that features pictures and narration from Australia in this issue has been published, and also the forum highlights with inspiring highlights from the posts to the church forum has also been published. They should be arriving in your mail shortly. Every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, we have our roundtable discussion. These are wonderful sessions that help us to fine-tune our understanding of Christian science and to better understand how to live this science in our day-to-day -day lives. So be sure to join us every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Then, right after the roundtable, our Sunday morning church service begins at 11. So be sure to tune in to both of these, the round table at 10 a.m. and the church service at 11. Our Sunday school also meets every Sunday morning at 11. This Sunday school is open to children from anywhere. Many of the students call in on a teleconference number from out of state. So if you have a child who doesn't live in the area and would like to attend, call the church to get the phone number and they can attend by phone too. We'll be very happy to welcome your children. And we also have a nursery for infants and toddlers at all our services. So when you come, be sure to bring the little ones along. I will now read from the Church Manual by Mary Baker Eddy, the section entitled Testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, St. Paul. Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick 
is highly important. More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or suffering, although the generic name of the disease may be indicated. For everyone who gives a testimony tonight, we would ask that you please keep your remarks to within four minutes. This will give everyone the opportunity to share their offering tonight. For those who are on the telephone, when you are ready to give a testimony, please press the star button twice on your telephone. Also, keep in mind when you do, we are going to be able to hear you as well as any other sounds that your phone picks up. So we kindly request that you be in a quiet place and I will call on each of you, one at a time, by name. Our meeting tonight is now open for the sharing of testimonies of healing through Christian science. Jeremy. I am very grateful for all I am learning here in Plainfield about Christian science and for all the love that is expressed in all that is said and done here. When I first came to this church back in 2013, my practitioner began to teach me about this science and about divine love. And she told me that with time, I would be able to love all children equally. I was very dubious about thinking about that. I thought I would never get to the point where I could possibly love everyone, especially other kids, equally. I felt I could only love my kids and maybe one or two other people, and that this was the end of my capacity. I know now that I was only mimicking that very limited human love that I was shown in my youth. The pure Christian science taught and lived here has shown me how to put off that old human love and learn more and more to feel and reflect the same divine love that Christ Jesus and Mary Baker Eddy experienced constantly or expressed constantly, sorry. In John 15, verse 9, Christ Jesus says, quote, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue, continue ye in my love, end quote. Only through this teaching have I been able to understand this love and begin to express it. The enormity of this change was made apparent to me the other night when my son and his friend came to visit me. It was the first time that I had met this friend, but I had this quiet realization that I loved each of them equally. I wanted the same good for each of them. I don't think watching a mountain being cast into the sea would have had more of an impact on me or shown me just how much I have changed for the better here in Plainfield. I'm so grateful for this healing and for all the previous healings which have chipped away at who I was along the way to get me to this point. I by no means could have done any of this without Christian Science, the Plainfield Church, and practitioner support. Thank you. And now we have uh, two testimonies to play. One is from Imogen in Australia, and one is from Patricia in Canada. 
Good evening. I woke one morning recently singing a rousing rendition of Hymn 264, Onward Christian Soldiers. This is one of my favourite hymns and it was very much stuck in my head that day. As I went outside, I kept singing to myself the second verse, quote, Like a mighty army moves the church of God. Brothers, we are treading where the saints have trod. We are not divided, all one body we, one in hope and doctrine, one in charity. As I walked through the busy city singing this to myself, I heard a very aggressive and repeated, excuse me, being directed to my back. It was a very loud and angry demand, and by its tone it was meant for me. So as I turned to look at this person, still singing that hymn to myself, their mountainous fury just vanished. She shook her head a couple of times and stuttered a bit, and then said very kindly, Gee, I like your shoes. We then had a nice impromptu chat in the middle of the busy street, about shoes and sneakers and walking, and she went peacefully on her way. The behaviour was a strange thing to witness, and it was a strange conversation. It wasn't until I watched her crossing the road that it occurred to me the protection I had just received, so quickly before I knew it was even happening. This hatred was turned to love. I watched her, continuing more peacefully on her way, as the hymn kept repeating, We are not divided, all one body we, one in hope and doctrine, one in charity. Before I learned my way in Christian science, I would have reacted to this kind of groundless hatred by yelling back. Today I know the power of the Christ. Christian science has taught me that we do not answer hatred with hatred. We live in the Spirit, so must walk in the Spirit. There is no need to answer anger with anger because love is reflected in love, and we must stay in the kingdom in all conditions, reflecting this love. This love, divine love, is the cup of cold water spoken of in the Bible and by Mrs. Eddy, and we are commanded to share this love with all. I thank God and Christian science for these daily proofs of his care ever surrounding us in big ways and in some small ways too. And I thank all the congregation at Plainfield Independent for giving the whole world a cup of cold water in Christ's name. Thank you. I go to work three days a week and work from home two days. 
Usually things go smoothly. However, I was a few days late to get the required rapid antigen test at Christmas due to everything being booked up everywhere. My immediate employer told me bluntly not to come into work, but to work from home. And there was no indication that I would be asked back again to the office. I was concerned that I might be edged out because of their COVID fears. I had been praying with the hymn, It matters not what be thy lot, so love doth guide. I also called a Plainfield Christian Science practitioner who suggested an article to read. Materia Medica on the website from Watches, Prayers and Arguments by Mary Baker Eddy. And the practitioner really hit the nail on the head when she said, Oh, don't worry about the job. The job will take care of itself. Your job is to pray for the world now, where prayer is most needed. So I did just that. Within a couple of hours, my boss texted me, Come into work tomorrow. And with that message, there was a large kiss icon. We've had a lot of new clients recently, which has meant added project setups to do and tension for the staff and the three bosses. Last week, the workflow was so intense that I was drowning in calls, emails and constant interruptions. It seemed that it would take months to read just some of the piles of paper, let alone handle the issues. At one point, I put my head down on my desk in discouragement as it felt impossible to keep up. And it occurred to me that with my head down, bowed, it just might be a good idea to pray. The next day, I zipped through that huge pile without any interruptions and caught up. I was dazzled by the speed of it. It felt like a holy experience. A few days later, however, again confronting too many emails to even read, a different boss called and he yelled at me because she felt I didn't reply to one client very quickly. Then, without even giving me time to respond to her, she yelled some more saying, Why aren't you answering me? I was so very grateful to Plainfield's encouragement to maintain spiritual poise because I was feeling angry inside. But our hymn states, Make self-righteousness be still. I'm learning to keep human personality out of it and know that there's only one divine mind. The Bible says, Thus saith the Lord. And the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. I put a lid on the anger it was not mine, and replied, I was quiet because I was listening and trying to learn what the need was, and I didn't want to interrupt you. Another boss overheard. He tends also to be a yeller, but instead he spoke up and thanked me very kindly, putting an end to it all. I'm so grateful that God's truth can resolve both the large and the little things in life to everyone's benefit. Thank you. 
Sherry from California. Go ahead, please. Thank you. There is an upholstery fabric that is called tapestry. I think a simple definition of it would be a fabric where different threads are stitched separately and closely to form a whole pattern of some sort. I once had a sofa upholstered in tapestry, and so often as I would sit on it, I would look at it and feel the threads. I remember looking at just one color thread and following its stitching. On its own, it made no sense, as were all the other threads looked at only on their own. And yet, in this fabric, they were not stitched with the purpose of seeing them only on their own, but individually doing their part to form the whole. It was beautiful and so easy to relate this to God's creation. From the Christian Science Hymnal 176 says, Living stones we, each in his place. May we be worthy such a grace. I changed the word stones to threads when thinking of myself as one of these threads, being worthy, seeing my individual worth. And while to see this tapestry's beautiful design, one might stand back, God has told me to get closer also, but this time acknowledge that one individual thread saying to me, that is you, you are needed in my design. I put you there, do your part. Again, the relation to God's creation. I am so grateful to God for the unique ways he has shown me who I am in his creation and that I am in my right place and am worthy. Such a grace. Thank you. Thank you. Ron from North Carolina. Go ahead, please. Thank you. I am most grateful to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent for all the literature that is made available on their website. Many of these writings are by students of Mary Baker Eddy and the early dedicated workers who lived and promoted these teachings to all who would listen. One such worker was Blanche Hersey Hogue. An article entitled Christian Science and Character is currently posted on this website. A portion of this article states, quote, the human mind resists Jesus's command to be perfect, claiming that it is not possible for poor human nature to attain perfection. But human nature is not asked to become perfect. Instead, it is to be outgrown and discarded as darkness never grows into light, but vanishes with the dawn as chaos never becomes order but disappears as soon as order begins to appear. So that which is imperfect does not develop into perfection, but must fade from thought and action proportionably as perfection appears." End quote. This passage inspired me to confront my own relationship to perfection and look at what has been my great resistance to Jesus' command to be perfect. 
to me, a state of perfection represented about the most boring place I could possibly imagine, a place where there wouldn't be a thing to do because of its perfection. I've never trusted those around me seeking the perfect marriage, perfect job, perfect child. So if the future destination were to be perfect, why would anyone want to go there? Well, thank you, Blanche Hersey Hogue, for setting me straight. Such a state is not humanly possible. And to attempt to project what perfection might be like in God's kingdom is a futile human effort. I can discard these human fears and projections regarding perfection, trusting that spiritual reality cannot be comprehended by mortal mind. In truth, this mortal mind just gets in the way, providing dead-end streets and inconvenient detours in a constant effort to avoid its own demise. Besides, this inspired journey towards a greater awareness of the allness of God and my identity within that allness is far from boring. I find it to be a constant learning process, uncovering and confronting mesmeric beliefs by the truth of being as exemplified by and taught by Jesus and Mary Baker Eddy. I'm so grateful to know that as spiritual perfection appears, it will be nothing like the fearful imaginings and projections I entertained previously. I appreciate all at Plainfield who always share what they are learning through their studies, meditations, and experiences. I'm happy to be a part of this exciting process. Thank you. Thank you. First initial J from New Hampshire. Go ahead, please. Thank you. At a celebration of life for my late husband, I ended up in a receiving line that I was not expecting, having not attended many of these services in my life. A bit shaky about the event and in general, I spent the afternoon beforehand just knowing that God was ever-present and nothing and no one had been lost. I knew that mind was governing the situation and love was comforting me and my family and all. As it turned out, the line lasted for over two hours, my husband having been a very beloved member of the community. Some of the townspeople I hadn't seen in over 25 years, but inexplicable to human sense, all of their names came right to me and in many cases, the names of their family members as well. I am just so grateful to God, truly a very present help in trouble. As a child, I was frightened of the dark, and this carried on through adulthood with a fear of being alone at night. With my husband's passing, I had to face this head on. Of course, the truth is that we are never alone, having all the qualities of God right where we are. We are companioned always by security, comfort, and joy. Confidence comes from knowing that the source of these and all good qualities is direct from God, and only a mortal human sense of fear can distract you from this. As a result of this knowing, it's been almost three years now, and I have never once been frightened in the night. On the contrary, my nights are filled with inspiration and light. I am so, so grateful to God and to the Plainfield Church 
for the infinite resources they provide that fill my nights with joy and peace. And I am so thankful for all that Mrs. Eddy has done for us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Day Day from Georgia. Go ahead, please. Thank you. I'm thankful for learning through Christian science the importance of asking God to order my steps, asking and allowing God to order my steps. I've grown to desire that his will alone be done in my life and have realized that I must have the patience to wait for his perfect timing no matter how desirable the outcome. The humility to understand that he alone knows best and to continuously ask for direction and redirection when needed. The courage to take necessary action and the unshakable trust that every detail will turn out just as it should with only good at the end result if I'm obedient in this practice. I'm grateful that I've come to not only strive for achievement, but to find true joy in learning and progressing throughout the journey. I'm so thankful for all that we have in this church that's helping me to grow and become closer to God every single day. I'm thankful for a new way of living. I'm thankful for the readings tonight and for all the testimonies. And I'm grateful to be here tonight. Thank you. Linda from North Carolina. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Uh, I first want to express my thank yous to uh, for the beautiful, beautiful, joyous readings tonight. It was just a lovely thing to listen to, and it was read with such joy. So this is what I want to share. And uh, having read the lesson this week, I, it felt like a balm of goodness that cleansed the latent fears from my thoughts. And it's, it's especially important because it's the season of Lent. The season of Lent begins today. Thanks to Christian science, I have become mindful of the thoughts behind this practice so as not to relapse and fall under its mesmeric influence. When I was a kid, we Catholics went through the ritual of receiving ashes placed on our foreheads in the sign of a cross by the local priest as a way to remind us sinners of our mortality and for the need to repent. For the following 40 days of Lent, people from all over the world make all sorts of contrition, acts of contrition to be better people, to be more loving, even to lose weight by giving up sweets and other such things. I was a very sensitive child and deeply sincere. I couldn't imagine being more repentant than I already was. And because I was acutely aware of all the ways in which I failed at being humanly perfect, I was terribly insecure. I carried the weight of being judged by a man like God who was neither kind or forgiving. And I was taught that upon death, we would be punished in purgatory according to the remainder of sins left on our souls. And that because of original sin, the punishment of purgatory, of course, awaited everyone. The possibility of heaven came only after 
only after both original sin and also the accumulated sins of a lifetime had been burned out. But in the unfortunate event, there remained even one unconfessed mortal sin on our souls at the time of death. There wasn't even a chance of purgatory or redemption. In that case, a person goes straight to hell and remains there for eternity. As I said, I was a sensitive child. I was very sensitive because I was so, and because I was so fearful, I found myself going to confession a lot, probably every week because I couldn't imagine going from here to there without sinning. I was raised Catholic, but my parents didn't go to church at all, so I was left to figure these things out on my own with the awful fate that even if I was purged of my sins in purgatory and eventually made it to heaven, my parents would be remanded to hell for all eternity. By the way, I googled the average time recently. I googled the average time a person spends in purgatory, and it referenced a Spanish theologian from the Middle Ages who said, one to 2,000 years. Just wow. Well, this is the conditioning under which I grew up. I could go on and on with examples of the travails of breaking through the tenacious mesmerism of Roman Catholicism and to be washed clean of these false beliefs, but I am certain that the only way that it could have been done is through the understanding and application of Christian science and with the help of loving and dedicated practitioners. Mary Baker Eddy teaches us to know God is love and refutes the idea of original sin throughout her writings, especially in her definition of Adam and the glossary of science and health. Her admonition on page 366 of Science and Health to be watchful, lest we be overwhelmed by a sense of the odiousness of sin and by the unveiling of sin in our own thoughts, gives me the courage to overcome feelings of guilt and to claim my inseparability from divine love when doing this work. Also, Bicknell Young's papers entitled Christian Science versus Roman Catholicism has been another important resource. So, as today is Ash Wednesday, it is wise to ask what the motive was for instituting such a practice in the first place. Jesus never alluded to it, nor is it found anywhere in the Holy Bible. It is completely man-made and preys upon the individual through hierarchy and authority, which actually cuts us off from our God. With divine science, we are given the tools to be alert and watchful of the malevolent suggestion that we, as God's immortal reflections, could ever have been hopeless sinners who need an annual reminder of our mortality. It is with heart, a heart full of gratitude to Mary Baker Eddy that I attribute this particular unwinding of snarls with the study and practice of Christian science, which then blesses all mankind. I want to thank everyone at Plainfield for the testimonies, for the readings, all the contributions, for living these truths and learning on a daily basis and sharing them with the world. Thank you. <clears throat> thank you. Debbie from Illinois, go ahead, please. Thank you. This morning, I was listening to the article Hindrance to Healing from Dominion Within by Reverend G.A. Kratzer 
on our YouTube channel. I didn't finish the article at that time. During the day, I became troubled and upset, so I went back to our YouTube channel and attempted to find the article, Hindrance to Healing. I entered several different phrases into the YouTube search window, but wasn't able to find the article. I then clicked through the articles offered and found another article by Reverend G.A. Kratzer titled, The Law of Right Feelings. I said to myself, okay, I'll listen to this one. Not surprisingly, the message that I needed to hear to calm my troubled thoughts were contained in the article, The Law of Right Feelings. After I listened to The Law of Right Feelings, the article Hindrance to Healing was displayed on the screen. I am so grateful that when I am open to it and let it, Divine Mind always provides what I need when I need it. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you. Linda. Thank you very much for the readings and the music tonight. I'm I'm very grateful for the instructive Healing Weekly Bible lessons we're provided with. Last week, while working on a project, I started to feel the symptoms of a cold coming on. My head was very uncomfortable and it was hard to focus. I had several things I needed to do and wondered for a moment how I could feeling this way. I stopped right there and reminded myself that I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Then I began to work on an audio for this week's lesson on man. As I worked on it, the truth in it poured into my thought, filling it with messages of God's laws. By the time I finished the work, all the symptoms disappeared, and I continued on to have a very productive day. And uh, one of the lines that really hit me was, from Science and Health by Mary Baker Eddy that said, quote, Japheth, Noah's son, a type of spiritual peace flowing from the understanding that God is the divine principle of all existence and that man is his idea, the child of his care, end quote. The whole lesson counters every possible material bondage that could try to hold man. Here we have the most amazing healing science that can lift you out of anything. I am so grateful to be learning that nothing is impossible to God, even though we are constantly told otherwise by age, limitations, heredity, bad choices, habits, traits, all telling us that things are irreversible, hopeless, permanent, unhealable. They are all lies that can be conquered with the clear understanding and application of Christian science, which is taught at this church. No other system can offer this. I'm so grateful that Christ Jesus came to tell and show us of the love and truth of God, and to Mrs. Mary Baker Eddy, who discovered the science of the Christ, and all she went through to free mankind, so that all could understand and find their spiritual destiny. Every week here at this church, we hear a powerful effect of this science on lives changed and healed. I'm so grateful for our practitioners and humbled by all that is going on here. And I thank God to be here. Thank you. Thank you.
Florence from Georgia. Go ahead, please. Thank you. I'd like to express my gratitude for this week's lesson and how amazing it is that the lessons come and give us a message directly affecting the time that we are all facing. I'm so grateful for it. If anybody hasn't read it yet, please do so. Uh, now I have testimony from Australia. And thank you, Craig, for your readings tonight. Here's the testimony from Australia. I was out cycling with my husband recently and we stopped to refill our drink bottles and then continued on. We were rejoicing in this activity, the beautiful coastal scenery and lovely weather. After an hour, I realized that I didn't have my cycling gloves as I had placed them on my rear bike rack when we refilled our drink bottles. We decided to turn back and look for them. Along the way, I was praying that everything is in its right place and recalled a number of testimonies given about finding misplaced objects. Then I thought, oh well, I can easily buy some new gloves if we don't find them. It's not that important or valuable. In our daily duty, we are to defend ourselves from aggressive mental suggestion. So I immediately corrected myself as I was not going to be dictated by fear and said, just for that, we are going back along a different path. My gloves are in their right place always. We enjoyed the hour ride back along the country path, and I was rejoicing in God's love and care. My husband also was affirming the truth and knowing that nothing is ever lost in God's kingdom. Approaching the town center, he spotted something black on the pavement about 50 meters away and knew immediately that it was my glove. We rejoice and thank God for proof of his guidance, care, and love. A few days later, I was with a couple of friends on our local beach. One of the friends had placed their valuable wedding ring in her lap while she applied sunscreen. <laughs> She got up and walked away, forgetting the ring in her lap until five minutes later and raised the alarm with us. We started to look for the ring in beach bags, shook our towels, and searched through the sand. My friends aren't Christian scientists, so I said to them, when we misplace something, we declare that nothing is ever lost, all is in its right place. We kept searching, and after an hour, my friend said, I'm going to get a metal detector to find my ring. All along, I was knowing the truth that God is all, and in mind, nothing is ever lost. I recalled my cycling glove experience and knew that her ring would be found. While my friend was ringing around for a metal detector, I sat quietly, lifting my thought above the clamor of mortal mind and shut down the fear and tuned into the omnipresence and omnipotence of God. I texted my husband, ring lost in sand, 
and left it with him, knowing that he too would be praying. I sat quietly listening for God's message and trusting in his guidance. I received an angel message to try a different approach in a new area in the sand and to dig much deeper and sift the sand through my fingers. Within two minutes, I saw a sparkle and pulled up the ring. We all rejoiced with gratitude and I thanked God for his unfailing guidance yet again. Nothing is beyond his care. From a humble glove to a valuable ring, I was so grateful and bathed in these proofs of the glory of God. I'm ever so grateful for Plainfield Independent Church in every single way. The services, the website, the practitioners, the audio articles and books, the lessons, the roundtable and Bible studies and volunteers. I thank you. And I'm very grateful to be here tonight. Thank you. Mary, Mary go ahead, please. Good evening, everyone. I have a few things to read tonight. Uh, the first from Texas. My first Wednesday meeting, which was last week, February 23rd, was a supernal treasure. God's presence was manifest in ways I have not experienced in such gatherings elsewhere. Rich yet succinct readings and testimonies, along with the beautiful music and singing, elevated an abiding sense of love that spanned the miles to Texas. Thank you, Plainfield, for sending the podcast to my phone. This most thoughtful service helps to assure my presence at future meetings. So if he's listening, hello. <laughs> and then he goes on, the shark video relayed by Plainfield Christian Science was truly a blessing. I enjoy swimming and especially was moved by the testimony, I swim with love today. I am sharing the video widely with an ocean of love. And then Mississippi. Thank you so much for the beautiful readings uh, last week. That was again February 23rd. I'm so grateful for the recording of it because it is definitely something to listen to a lot more than once. And then California. Bruce's testimony touched my heart that those little blessings are what happens for me and it's the fabric of life. Feels so wonderful when love shared with people or safety from an accident or resources arriving for a need. All the little things that light my heart and remind me to say gratefuls and remember when my expectations aren't meant what it's really all about. About God is everything. And thank you, God. And then I have two testimonies from our friend in Hawaii. A few days ago, while playing with one of my cats, she scratched me quite severely on the top of my hand. Most times I just ignore it, but this was a painful one, and the thought of infection came up, and I was not vigilant in rebuking this lie, that any act, especially one given out of love, could hurt me. Well, of course, it took only a couple days for this scratch to manifest exactly as mortal mind wanted, red, swollen, angry. 
As the weekend approached, I began to think that on Monday I would need to see a doctor, as it was clearly infected. Though I studied and worked through the lie every day, I did not seem to be making progress because I kept looking at the condition of my hand as the litmus for whether I was improving or not. Yesterday, while listening to the round table, that was on Sunday, Karen read a testimonial of a woman, which was one of our watching points, who was going to, to her practitioner to tell her she was going to relent to an operation. While on her way over, she began to be grateful for all that Christian science had done for her and decided that she'd rather continue on with gratitude than to give in to the procedure, and she was healed immediately. What joyful words to me. I stopped working hard to fix the problem and gave gratitude for all the ways I've been blessed in Christian science practice. You know that once you get going on gratitude, there is no stopping the floodgate. I think it was also important that I backtrack to the steps to destroy error, look it straight in the eye, condemn it as a falsity. No, I could never dwell in the house. No, it, no, it could never dwell in the house of the Lord. Replace it with the allness of God's love and care. I awoke this morning to a hand completely healed. And then, um, it is true that faith the size of a mustard seed can perform miracles. My husband been, has been embroiled in a trust battle with his siblings for the past two years. No resolution could be worked out to satisfy the parties. My involvement with Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent at the time was new, like a toddler taking her first steps. But I thought it wouldn't hurt to apply the little truth that I had been learning at Plainfield. Every time my husband was called to a hearing, I prayed, Not my, our will, but your will be done, Lord. We shall accept any outcome that you appropriate as just. I also told my husband to pay attention to the larger truth and not be caught up in the little battles. His goal was to uncover the truth about the lie. It was tough going with payments from our savings quickly, depleting so much so that even our attorney had decided to suspend our payments to her as she thought that this was a losing battle. An earlier attorney flat out said there was no way my husband could contest the trust and said to forget it. This April, we were to go to trial and things looked grim. Then, out of nowhere, last month, an out-of-court and out of a court settlement was reached, an out-of-court settlement was reached, giving my husband a generous dollar amount, one he did not ask for, the amount ten times what he was expecting. We were dumbfounded. Our attorneys were dumbfounded. This was the work of divine truth, as no mortal could have conjured up such a result. I am so grateful to know that even a little understanding of God, put into practice faithfully, yields the perfect and sometimes unimaginable result. Endless thanks to God, Mary Baker Eddy, and the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. I'm very grateful, too, to be here tonight to hear those readings, very well read by Craig, and our beautiful meeting and, and 
testimony meeting, full of testimonies. It was wonderful to hear. On a, at the roundtable on Sunday, I mentioned reading Martha Wilcox's article, War, and one particular passage that has helped me so much, where she says that in, in Christian science, we understand that God made man and gave him presence and certainty and position. And man does not desire to get from somebody or some other nation, but draws from infinity. It's such a powerful statement to work with, certainly for ourselves. I, I found such great comfort in, in thinking about that. We don't need to get things from others. We draw from God, the source itself, from infinity. And those three things, presence, certainty, and position, things we all need to have, all we all need and require. So then to know this is true for ourselves, for our friends and family, church, community, nation, and world, all nations, to know this truth. There doesn't have to be this vying for power, one better than the other, superpowers or whatever they think of themselves. There's only the one power, God good, and he governs and controls the universe with great love, majesty, peace, glory, and every good thing. As we know these truths, we bring a great blessing and benediction on our nation and on our world, on all nations. I'm so grateful to have Christian science, to be knowing these truths, to feel the comfort of God, and know that everyone everywhere can feel this comfort as well. Thank you all. I'm so grateful to be with you tonight. Thank you. Linda, will you please announce the last hymn? Hymn number 293. Rock of ages, truth divine, be thy strength forever mine. Let me rest secure on thee, safe above life's raging sea. Rock of ages, truth divine, be thy strength forever mine. Hymn number 293.